Diamond and Talk. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. We sound a little gruff today. Both we do. Our voices are do. sounding yeah. a little lower. And and I didn't. This have is any still Kevin out, and so. Kelson. Yeah, it is. It's welcome to the, the sexy well. version. <laughs> sexy version. One eight. So what is it? Nine six six or something. I don't know. Uh, how's your week? Well, that was a chipper question. Um, <clears throat> it was fine. I uh, have been on doors <clears throat> and phones a lot. Mm. I think that might be part of why my voice is going, because I've been speaking nonstop for days. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like at work I talk all day, and then at night I either I'm out knocking on doors or talking on phones, so... My voice gets a little tired. How about you? Because you've been doing shows all the time. I have been doing the shows and I've been doing the football games and we've had volleyball and soccer and all sorts of other stuff. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to the closing of the show. Not because I want it to be over, but because I want some time back in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, I want to have an evening where I don't have to go running sideways. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I have 40 days left. I know. I, I actually I saw, I saw that tweet this morning from the president. It's 40 days until the election. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That feels doable. Like, even 20 days ago when it was like 60 days, I was like, oh, God, 60 more days. But 40 days feels doable. It's like so, 40 days is nothing. Right? So you've been out knocking on the doors. And, and <sighs> I guess this is really cool because, you know, nobody, no other politician has agreed to do this on a regular basis. We mm-hmm. talked a little bit last week about, you know, all of the things that could go wrong with right. you being on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... You know, you've got all these other things that are going on with the campaign. How do you feel the campaign really is going for everybody at this point? Not just you, but right. you're you're so constantly dealing with other campaigns, other people that, you know, friends that are running. Everybody I see who's running for office are working on some sort of campaign team, you know, intimately. We look at each other and it's like that shared experience kind of, you know, you've... Misery lives company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure not to the level of like being in the military together or something, but you look at each other and you just know, like you understand inherently how the other person's feeling, even if you don't mm. have to talk about it. So like I saw Pam Busey the other day and we were both like, we're tired, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I think everyone, especially those of us who have been running for a while, um, so, you know, I announced that I was running for office last July, which means I'm a year and a couple months into this. And you just kind of know that you're tired, but you're also hoping for that last burst of energy that will get you through the last 40 days. Um, there's a little bit of excitement that it could be over and that you will know the results. And yet at the same time, you know, it's pretty scary because you really, most races, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you it's know? the ultimate popularity contest. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like... I think I've been preparing myself for either result. Um, but in the last month, there are so many balls in the air. So, you know, they always tell you as a candidate, just focus on doors and fundraising. You know, anything else is uh, pulling you away from your primary goal, which is to get people to vote for you and to raise enough money to communicate with them. Right. But the problem is that there are just so many elements behind the scenes. And so, um, like we had a campaign team meeting the other night, eight o'clock on a Monday, you know, people are really fresh 
not. Um, and you go through this list of things to do, and it's so many pieces. So you're thinking about how much money you have to raise in order to send out whatever mailing and to buy whatever, you know, other sorts of advertising. Billboard. Right. Billboard. Then you're trying to coordinate volunteers to write letters to the editor and help knock doors and um, do fundraising. And it's just, there's a lot of balls in the air. I'm really lucky because I have a really good team, a lot of um, whom are my friends, which makes it a little bit interesting. But um, we're really looking forward to being done. And I look around at other candidates and other people who are working intensely on this. And you can just tell that people are ready to, you know, close the deal and see what happens. I'm sure they are. And I I guess I haven't asked this of anybody. And I should ask this of mom because she'll know where the Republicans are doing it. But where the Mm -hmm. Democrats in the area, are you just having one big shindig somewhere? We haven't even gotten that far. Like, I'm sure somebody's planning something. And I don't think they are. Right. Because I haven't heard anything. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? I should just call around and just be like, look, okay, we're putting the Democrats here. We're putting the Republicans there. We want them close enough to each other that the news stations can just go back I think somebody who's outside of uh, the campaigns needs to plan the party because the rest of us are just like you know barely breathing until november 6th and well so, i'll do it yeah i think it would be Somebody fun plan a party you know I, I think it would be fun but one of the things that always drives me nuts is that they do it so that like the republicans have traditionally been at jorgensen's mm. um and then was it? yeah and then the democrats were out in montana city yeah, that like, was weird. It was very bizarre. And it's like, it's not that I don't think that Montana City deserves the business, because mm-hmm. they do. I mean, it's the place they were is a great place. But it what it ends up doing is that the news stations that have to drive between them, and so they miss parts of the stories. It's right. like, if, you know what? I'm sorry. Let's do this downtown. We need to be in a central let's location. Let's put the... Uh, Let's put one at one hotel and one at the other hotel that are, you know, within like three yeah. blocks of each other. And make It'll it be happen. somewhere here in town because there's so many statewide offices that are up and it'll be a big party. You know, it's interesting because it's kind of like on primary day. Obviously, I didn't have a primary, so it wasn't about me. It was about all these people who had primaries. But mm-hmm. even on election night, it'll probably be myself and a few of my friends like sitting in the corner hitting refresh on our data because all the other people around us will be concerned about president and governor and AG. And we'll be like, what about House District 80? Are the results in? Are the results in? So uh, and then people come up to me. Are you winning? Are you winning? I've had a lot of people be like, how's it going? And how's the polls? And I'm like, oh boy, there's no polls for a race like mine. It's really just how's the polls? Yeah, I, I have to tell you that um, the overwhelmingly everyone I'm talking to who actually talks to me on the doors because a lot of people are like, oh, thanks, you know, see you later, <laughs> or they're not home. We have had a lot of not homes. I think people are really, you know, out and about doing their. It's thing. a busy time of year. Yeah, like elections would be better served if they were in late spring, right? <laughs> but anyway. but um. By far, when I talk to people on the phone, because that's primarily what I've been doing the last few nights, I've had some really wonderful conversations. But um, I I may have said this last week. I want to start my calls with, like, I'm not Kelson, Tester, Obama, Reberg, anybody, because people are so overwhelmed by the negative commercials right now that, on the one hand, my first few, you know, maybe the first 30 seconds on the phone with them, they're kind of like standoffish. Oh boy, here's another polar or here's another candidate calling, or is this going to be, you know, remind me of those negative ads. And then once I get them talking and they understand that I'm just a person by the end of the phone call, they're like, Oh, thank you so much for calling. And so nice to actually hear from you. But it's really hard to get past this layer of defensiveness that people have because of all the negative um, campaigning that's going on. And I just try to relate to them. Yes, I'm as annoyed as you (laughs) with all of the negativity, you know, because really I'm not interested in doing any of that. 
Um, so it's interesting because people are really affected by that. And I find myself answering a lot of questions about John Tester and President Obama and things like that. So. And well, so, okay, that, I guess that leads into an interesting, you're running for office, but how often does running for office become you speaking on or speaking for the higher ups in the party to explain for them? I mean, yeah. is, that, is that more common? I think now, you end up or? having to, well, what happens is it's like a trickle down thing where the issues that the president is talking about or the issues that are relevant in the Senate campaign or whatever end up being the thing that people hear the most about because that's what they're seeing on their TVs. That's what they're reading about. And so you end up having to respond to those things, mm. you know, but with the negativity that's out there right now, it's more that you're having to respond to the negativity, right? So it's like, I'm really sorry that your commercials, like this woman last night was going off on me about how we should regulate the TV stations and you shouldn't be able to play these many commercials and they should only be able to do it for two weeks. And, and you know, it's not that I don't agree with her, but I certainly don't have any power over um, that. Free speech. Right? <laughs> and how many ad buys they do and things like oh, that. So $580,000 yeah. are spending on the AG's race. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because <clears throat> on the one hand, you have to kind of get through this layer of fatigue around politics. But luckily, once you actually connect with people and they understand that you're just a normal person, you know, running for office because you care, then they seem much more open to talking. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I, plus, I think Helena is interesting because, you know, as much as there are lots of people in town that want nothing to do with politics, everybody's political in this town. In some way or another. As you've, I mean, I, I'm sure other towns are like this, but boy, you can't drive a block in Helena without seeing every yard sign possible. Oh, and, well, and there's a couple of houses that are funny because there's one right down on Broadway that literally looks like one person in the house is a Democrat, the other person's Republican, and then a couple <laughs> every of... Single. It's, they've got every single... There's a tester sign on right. one side of the lawn and a Reberg sign on the other, and and it's all of them. Every single sign is right there in the yard. It looks right. like politics just died. That's just right confused. There. Yeah, exactly. I've seen it where on one side of the street, it's every Democratic sign, and on the other side of the street, it's every Republican sign, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and some people are really aggressive with their yard signs. Like I know of a few candidates who are literally like just driving house to house and basically, will you put a yard sign in your yard and you put up this other person's, won't you put up mine? And there's a lot of competition and we've certainly delivered the yard signs and have them out there. But I feel like that's not really where I'm spending my energy trying to be aggressive about yard signs. See, and I'm looking at yard signs and I just don't know if they work. Well, they, and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of opinions about that. Well, and I I think that they work on some level, but I think like um, I, and I guess we talked about this last week a little bit, but fastbender signs that are the bigger ones mm -hmm. that are just at the edges of the major streets. I think those work better. Mm -hmm. I think because one, I can read them, mm -hmm. and I don't know about anybody else, but I do wear my glasses when I when I have to. Right, you know, my eyesight is not that bad, but when I'm driving down the road, those little signs. I can't half the time I'm going, you know, over 25 right. and I'm going too fast. I can't mm -hmm. read them. Mm -hmm. You know, well, and I good think thing I know up, what they say because yeah. I've seen them four billion times. <laughs> four billion. <laughs> I think that um, yard signs are more about making people feel good, like both candidates and people who care about the candidates and um, allowing people to kind of express their support for someone. Um, but they're really, you know, they tell us that be really cautious about the fact that yard signs don't indicate votes for one thing, just because somebody has a yard sign doesn't mean they're voting one way or the other mm. actually. And also that, you know, just because somebody has more yard signs doesn't mean they're going to win. 
So it's really more of a kind of publicity thing. Um, and, you know, on the one hand, I totally agree with that. I also think that getting, for me, the reason I decided to do a billboard, which will be up in a short week. Um, is, it, is it actually a week? Is it October yeah, it's, 1st? Yeah, it's supposed or? to be up by October 4th, and he said he might have it up a few days early. So I have a feeling that sometime over the next week, I'm just going like, to drive down the road, drive off driving, it. And then I'll be like, whoa, there it is. But um, There's my fa- <laughs> Is it going to have your face on it? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is delightful. Yeah. But the reason I decided to do it is because... Does it have you in the roller derby outfit? <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> I wish. Um, Vote for me, or else. Um, no, we had to keep it professional. Um, I think it would be more fun if the legislative services major actually was on roller skates. Right. I think that'd be great. Absolutely. In the rotunda? Dun, dun, dun. Absolutely. I'd get around so much easier. <laughs> but I decided to do that because as a new candidate and as a mm-hmm. young candidate... Um, and she's a baby. <laughs> recognition is important. So, yes, yard signs don't determine a race, but just getting my name out there, getting my face out there, having people be able to see it on a regular basis. Um, I think if you've been around for a while, you don't necessarily have to do that. Um, but for me, we've knocked almost every door in the district several times, some of them. And yet people still, when I call to follow up, aren't really like connecting right so repetition and really having people be able to see my name and my picture and whatever hopefully will lead them to the website to learn more but um, just trying to get that sort of public awareness more than anything is why we decided to do it so hmm. that'll be interesting we'll see if it works well i think it's, I, I i happen to think at the very that, least i can check it off the bucket list yeah right? i've been on a billboard <laughs> And not been arrested. And not, for right, it. not wanted. Not wanted. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't an FBI poster. <laughs> and then somebody warned me. They're like, "Oh, well, because it's right next to Helen High, maybe some of the you know kids will try to deface it or something." And I was like, "Well, first of all, kids are no more likely to do that than adults, but also that would probably just bring more attention." So whatever, <laughs> you know, go for it. Children. Exactly. Get um, a news story about somebody drew something inappropriate on Kelson's face. Um, on the billboard, on the right. billboard. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> she didn't mess out on the party. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's happening with the campaign. Like I said, 40 days, and this that's next cool. month is going to be insane. <clears throat> we are having a fundraiser <clears throat> sometime the week of my birthday. On October 7th, I turn 36. I'm a, a Libra. A whopping 36. Exactly. And now, what does being a Libra mean? Libra means that we're. Well, if you it buy means into lots this. of things. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things that is probably most profound and true about Libras and me is Libras uh, seek balance, Ah. Um, which is why we have the scales and we're an air sign and really try to, like, we may not always be in balance, but we're seeking it. Ah. And so that comes with lots of different things. It's supposed to be, we care about justice and we care about all these worldly things and things are supposed to be pretty and, um, uh, see, I'm a Capricorn. Yeah. yeah we got none of that. <laughs> but Capricorns we're, we're also are, sometimes like, all the bad things of, of every so. other sign. Capricorns. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we are. Exactly. Like Leos are egotistical. Capricorns right. are even worse. <laughs> we just don't care if anyone knows. Yeah. Um, and then stubborn like Taurus. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. got it mm-hmm. all. <laughs> so crazy like and Pisces. Libras is more oh. like. So you're saying that Capricorns are a little bit of everything. Libras are more like we bounce back and forth because we're trying to be in balance. So some I, sometimes I can be stubborn, but sometimes I can be, you know, overcompensating or 
um, cooperative because yeah. I'm trying to whatever. So that's Libra's. Capricorns are like, eh, no, it's all about me, but I don't care if you know because <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're having a fundraiser for my birthday sometime that fun. week, and hopefully, well, hopefully raise I'm here. Cash to get through the last it's month. The seventh. Well, it's going to be the tenth, I think. Oh, okay, is the party. Because I'll be in uh, Oregon actually on the sixth. Nice. What's um, happening there? Um, well, so one of the Frontier Comfort Schools is Southern Oregon for football. Mm-hmm. And um, they bought some new equipment through the company that you know I work with, that I'm part of, and through my company. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. Um, anyway, so they have some new equipment, and they can do some really, really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But they had to learn the basics. This last weekend was their really first time using the equipment for a football game. They kind of got it going and they, they did really, really well and it looked phenomenal. The equipment is so nice. Um, they're webcasting, but they're using equipment that literally puts together on a level with broadcast. Mm-hmm. And so other than uh, a graphics package, they, they've got it all. They've got the ability to play commercials. They've got everything looks nice and it's just, it's, it's a sweet, sweet setup, but it's complex and they have to learn it. And to go to the next level and do some more interesting things with the graphics and some different things that they want to do they had to get those basics before but now they've done that Mm -hmm. they were successful at it so now i get to go out there again and train them and be like okay now comes the real fun because now you get to do stuff a little bit faster and we're giving them some more complex ways to do things that'll be faster Mm -hmm. but that they could screw up a lot bigger (laughs) so there's definitely a lot of okay and now you've now you've danced on that floor let me introduce (laughs) you to the minefield right Um, so you have to drive all the way out to oregon again yes so i get to go out to southern oregon again um which would be delightful but i won't have to come back for rehearsal (laughs) so um and the good thing is is that it's a bye week for carol so we'll have the show Actually, we're filming on Sunday for the two shows mm-hmm. for the next two weeks. So we'll have them done and in the can and nice. out the door. And we so you can actually kind of anything. enjoy your trip. Exactly. So I can drive out there. I'm going to see some friends in Portland that I actually didn't get to see last time, which would be nice. Um, and I, made a, I might actually go through Seattle because I have a friend from college that lives there. And she was actually in Montana the last time I was out in Oregon. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm coming to Montana. I'm like, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't seen her since college. And Oh, oh no, that's not true. I guess I saw her once or twice after college, but when I was living in Portland, but I really haven't seen her in forever and mm-hmm. she's delightful. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Right. So, so how many more nights of the show do you have? Uh, today is Thursday. So I have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four, wow. <laughs> well, three nights and an afternoon and wow. then we're done. How's it going? Um, excellent. And then, you know, okay, so Last live, the- live theater is interesting because it always evolves. It always gets, well, it can get worse, mm-hmm. but it usually gets better, especially with short runs. Um, generally, by the time you get to the end of it, you've got it really good and everything goes really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last night was really cool because the audience, the audience, the other thing about it is the audience is what makes the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the show is always great. But the audience can make the show just absolutely fantastic. And so we had an audience last week. I think it it was Saturday last week. That was just phenomenal. Mm. And they were so, they were into it before the show started. By the time the show started, they were cheering and whooping and laughing and having a great time. And they were very into it. And then, you know, when the sad part happens, when Kate sings, um, there's a fine, fine line when Kate and Princeton break up. Um, you know, they were, 
they were right with Kate. That Princeton had to die. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was very cool. And it's, uh-huh. as an actor, as a performer, it's very fun to ride that wave of energy that you're getting from mm-hmm. the audience. Well, last night's audience was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing was, okay, so you know, you're coming on a Wednesday to do a show, which is a little weird anyway, because if, if you're doing Broadway, Broadway runs, they go Tuesday through Sunday, and you have matinees on Saturday and Sunday, so you have matinees and evening shows both mm-hmm. those days. So you end up with eight shows in a row. <clears throat> but you have Mondays off, or dark. Well, we have Mondays and Tuesdays dark, and we come in on Wednesdays, which is really kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have the matinee and evening show. Thank God. I don't know that I'd survive. Yeah. Saturdays would kill me. And uh, so we have the evening shows and Wednesdays was weird to start up with. And we were having all sorts of interesting things going on. Mm -hmm. But last night's energy was so big that a couple of us kind of rode the wave into a cliff. (laughs) Meaning what? Well, and not to speak out of turn or say anything wrong, but... At one point, it was the, everybody was so into what was going on. One of the actors, and it's my friend Matt, he just blinked on where he was. And he looked over, and where people were was similar to another place in the play. So he just thought that his next line was, you know, it's a tie. <laughs> well, that's like they haven't done the scene to set that up yet. <laughs> And so his partner, you know, there's four four actors on stage, but his partner, it's the Bad Idea Bears. Mm -hmm. And his partner goes, what's a tie? (laughs) (laughs) And then they had to kind of rebuild and, you know, they had to fake their way out of it. And I don't think anybody in the audience had any clue that anything was wrong. And it was just done. And and it's funny because Matt's my age. Mm -hmm. And then his partner is Morgan. She's the youngest person on the cast. She's 17. And between the two of them, Picked it up and got out of it, no problem. And everything was just smooth and simple and easy. Right. And you have and, to have each other's back like that. Right. And you have to have a level of trust and you mm-hmm. have to have a level of, this is how it works. This is what we're doing. Um, and it's going to fail. There's going to be times in life theater where something goes wrong. Right. A light doesn't work. A, li- <laughs> uh, a sound cue doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the band comes in at the wrong piece. That's right. happened not in this show, but it's happened before. And that's always delightful. That's not where we are. Um, <laughs> but we'll sing it. And, uh, you know, so th- there's all sorts of things that can go wrong. But, uh-huh. it, you know, so that's part of the fun of doing live theater. It's one right. of the dangers of doing it, too, because if you're yeah. not prepared for it, it can throw you. Mm-hmm. And if you go on autopilot, you know, if you just, I know my lines, I'll be there, da, 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 you go on autopilot, you'll, you'll get lost right. and, you know, somebody screws up and, and they generally don't screw up in a way that's <clears throat> disastrous. They just screw up in a way that you have to have been paying attention mm-hmm. in order to get out of. Right. So if you're on autopilot, you can't do it. Right. And, you know, it says something really great about this cast that nobody was on autopilot and everybody just kind of picked up the pieces and moved on. No big deal. And, you know, got it done. And then everybody at that point kind of pulled back from riding that wave as much as they were, because it's like, it's really fun to be that energized from your audience, but we got to know our lines. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but it can take us a little too far. Right. So, and he's a pretty energetic guy anyways. He's right. one of the most energetic characters for sure. Right. And, and it, especially when he's playing one of the bad idea bears. Yeah. And, you know, and then he comes to stage, he's like, I don't even know what happened. I just blinked. I looked down and I was like, it's a tie. <laughs> but it was, it was the, you know, it's the Princeton and Kate are drinking. Right. And, you know, so there's, they have to set them up to have the drinks and then race and then they both drink. Yeah. Da, da, da. And, but it's a tie. And Morgan, without missing a beat in her little bare voice, goes, what's a tie? <laughs> <laughs> and then digs the scene out. Right. And it was so great. I was like, oh. And then oh, all perfect. the other actors have to try not to laugh. <laughs> that yes. just happened. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> 
But uh, so it, the show or the audience really affects the show. It does, and and you know it's it's a symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. between the audience and the cast, and especially in such a small venue, don't you think? Well, I think with any show, I, you know, I've been to but Broadway that's shows. That's pretty intimate. It is. I mean, there's only two hundred seats or something. Yeah. It's uh, it's very tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do a great job of. Making sure that, you know, we have enough space to do what we need to do. I mean, mm-hmm. the stage is actually pretty big for how small the space is. Right. And they do a, a good job of building the relationship between the audience and the and the, mm-hmm. and the cast. It's weird because everybody that's been coming, we've got a lot of people that are coming again. Because they're like, it was funny. I want to see it again. Mm-hmm. You know, I missed half of it. I was laughing too right. hard. <laughs> so, you know, it's fun. I, I've been having a great time, and I'm very glad that I did the show. And I, I Our really, sales really, been good? really like the. I don't know. I don't yeah. care. I mean, it's not been sold out. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think we've only had two nights that have been sold out. Um, one of them was the night you were there. I'm just curious because of um, the content. Like, are people coming? You know. Um. No, well, most of the time, you know, a lot of people that have like season tickets mm-hmm. aren't coming because they have kids that they want to take, mm-hmm. which is understandable, but. You know, if you had season tickets in New York, you would see a lot of this stuff. You wouldn't, yeah. you know, theater in New York is not, it's not all Annie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that is, the, that is the next play Thank that God. they're doing <laughs> and they're double casting it. So they have like 117 people that they're dealing with. That is insane. Yeah. How are they even going to do that on that small stage? Well, because it's not, it, that's the cast is. I understand know, that. I'm just saying each, it's still a large cast for that. It space. is. It is. I I don't know. I don't know. I can't imagine there's much room in the back. Yeah, no, and in, in the like, basement. All right, everybody, stand against the wall. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you'll be outside. It'll yeah. be snowing. You'll be fine. But you're not doing that. Um, I'm not doing any. Um, it's a kids' show, so it's mm-hmm. all Grand Street kids. Um, even Miss Hannigan is Grand Street kids, and I don't understand why they did that. I'm I'm like, eh, that's you know, you get adults to play the adult roles in Annie. I'm sorry, that's what you're supposed to do, but they're not adult and, roles played by kids. Yeah, so Miss Hannigan's played by a 17 year old. I'm like. Miss Hannigan is the greatest role. I'd love to play oh, Miss Hannigan. Wouldn't everyone? <laughs> I'm like, come on, that would be delightful. It was so perfectly cast in the original movie. Uh, in the original movie? The movie? Which are, well, there's like two different movies. There is? Yeah. Are you thinking of Carol Burnett? Yes. Yeah, so she wasn't in the original. What was the original? Uh, the original was from the. Um, all right. Well, my original. Right. Carol my Burnett. Idea of Carol Burnett was awesome. Um, yeah, but I don't think she was in the original movie because that was the one that has. Um, uh, anyway, I can't remember. I remember watching it as a kid, and I don't think it was Carol Burnett. I know she was in one of them, though. But yeah. I think there's like three different versions of it. Well, the one I grew up watching <laughs> is the original. <laughs> is the original? All right, man. <laughs> you know who got her start playing Annie on Broadway? Who? Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm. I know she was in the revival. Very bizarre. Wow. Interesting. I know. So what happens post Avenue Q for you? Um, well, or Mike, immediately, mountain hiking? <laughs> immediately after Avenue Q, I'm pretty sure. Well, I've actually got two television shows that I have to put together that Sunday. <laughs> and um, <laughs> then I don't know what comes after that. Um, I honestly think I'm just going to kind of crash for a day or two because mm-hmm. then I've got... To get stuff ready for football and head out for Oregon. Right. So, 
nothing really. <laughs> like, and then you'll come back and you'll have your evenings back to yourself. Um, for a little bit. I will be starting back up the mountain and soon. And you know, the smoke needs to finish clearing out. We still haven't gotten rid of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not particularly comfortable with, you know, shoving ash into my lungs at high yeah. velocity. <laughs> yeah. I uh, had a friend visiting from out of state who'd never been to Montana before and took him around and visited the capital and stuff and was showing him the sights and you know, on the third floor of the Capitol, you have the most beautiful view of the valley, and you can see the sleeping giant and if whatever. You can see it. And I was just like, no, really, I swear. Out there, <laughs> there mountains. are mountains. There's this thing called the sleeping giant. Maybe you'll get to see it. Maybe you won't, you know. But it's hard when people visit, and you're just really wanting to show them what's what's this like on a usual day. And the yeah. smoke has been so bad. It has been. Idaho, put your fires out. Right. <laughs> Um, that's really it. I mean, I finally got to read a little bit of the news. I was kind of impressed with Rodney wanting to roll down windows on his plane. What? <laughs> I missed this. Okay, so Anne's, Anne Romney's, um, plane, the plane she was on had a fire on it, and so it got diverted and had to land. Wow. And he was commenting on it, and he's like, you know, well, if there's a fire in a plane, there's no way to, there's nowhere to go. You can't open the windows. I don't know why they don't open. I'm like, Really? basic science escapes this man (laughs) i'm like the reason the windows don't open on a pressurized jet is because you'd like to be able to breathe (laughs) i'm like oh i know and it's it's one of those i mean it's like president obama had his you know i've been to 57 states (laughs) in his last campaign right sometimes you just have moments where you're like really um (laughs) But he didn't stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like he No really, why isn't there windows? Yeah, why can't you roll them down? Yeah. <laughs> so well, I was listening to the news this morning and there was some poll. Do you know anything about that? That Obama's ahead or something like that? Um well I follow Nate Silver mm-hmm. actually on Twitter. Who's that? Uh, remember five thirty eight dot com? So Nate Silver was the statistician who put together all the numbers and proved that Obama was going to win very early on. And he had which mm. which states he was going to carry, how he was going to carry him. And he was really pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up, 538 was bought by the New York Times right after the election. And Nate still works for them. And he puts together all these statistics and, you know, w- watches the polls, da-da-da-da-da, mm. kind of puts out what's out there. And if you go to 538.com. What does that stand for? There's 538 electoral college votes. Oh. Hmm. Fitting. Hmm. Anyway, what does the number 538 mean? Hmm. Now you know. <laughs> and that's the end. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, so You've there's... schooled. There's um, 538 electoral college votes, of which you have to get 270 to win. Mm. Is that right? Something. Anyway, you have to get a lot. <laughs> um <clears throat> Anyway, he he's always monitoring the polls on which is good, which is bad, and you know how they play out against his statistical model. And he never, I don't. He talks about his model, but I don't think I've ever seen like the documentation on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that any of the pollsters do their mm-hmm. documentation of how do we calculate the numbers and, right. and blah. Um, so it's always really interesting. Um, he's had Obama winning the entire time. He's mm-hmm. come. There's been a couple of times when it's been statistically even. But he still thinks that there's, you know, Obama's going to win. And at this point now, um, the Republicans seems to be losing fuel, mm-hmm. losing gas, you know, steam. That's what I'm looking for. What's the, what's the <laughs> colloquialism I'm, I'm trying to find? Um, 
they're running out of steam. That's it. Uh, the the campaign really peaked with their um, uh, convention, and the convention bump that they got trailed off really fast. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Democrats' convention sort of kicked theirs off. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody had been running, but the convention was sort of a springboard into a vault, as mm-hmm. you know. And so they're kind of riding it high at the right time. So yeah, and there keeps um, being problems on the Republican side. Yes. yes. Like? Well, I mean, all the various things that we've talked about over the last few weeks shows in terms of, like, statements made, um, videos of things said. Yeah. Yeah. And and people chosen. I don't think that Ryan was a good choice. Mm-mm. You know, and, and there's something to be said for picking somebody who is your ideological equal. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of understand that. But I also understand why you'd want to pick somebody who is not. You know, who's going to have a little bit different opinion. Because if you you surround yourself with people who always have the same opinion as you, all you're going to hear is an echo chamber. And that doesn't help you to grow. It doesn't help you to lead. Because, you know, I'd I'd much rather have people that I have to argue with who at the end of the day are going to go, okay, I don't agree with you, but we're going to go forward. Great. See, and I think that you're right that they're, you know, too similar. And also, like, Ryan didn't add something of kind of prestige and respect that a lot of Republicans who are questioning Romney would vote for. He doubled down on the base. Yeah, they're already um, trying to distinguish the difference between the two. So Romney and Obama were both interviewed by the 60 Minutes guys on Sunday, and I watched it. And Romney on several occasions said, well, that's where Ryan and I different, and I'm going to be the president. And so what he thinks is different than what I think and whatever. So they were clearly trying to make that distinction. Did it work? I don't know. It was about things like, you know, Social Security and Medicare and those sorts of things. So I think it may have worked for some in the sense that there are some things about their plan that people are concerned about who may vote for them. Hmm. And he's kind of trying to say, oh, well, I'm not as extreme as Ryan on whatever. Well, but you still picked him as your VP, so. Right. And, it, and so he's one heartbeat away. Yeah. Or one lack of a heartbeat. And not to mention, I mean, I, I still think that a lot of Romney's policies are concerning to people. Like, his rhetoric makes sense to some people. But then when you actually hear about his policies, they just don't make sense. Well, yeah. And Jamie and I were discussing yesterday that, you know, the fact that Obamacare is actually Romney care just on a nationwide scale. <laughs> and, um... And Jamie was like, well, it's very odd that things have moved so far to the right that somebody has to distance themselves from one of the greatest things that they accomplished. And yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and the people that don't like it, that are fighting against it simply because they need something to fight against, mm-hmm. I, those are the dangerous people in politics. If you can't have a calm day in politics, you shouldn't be in politics. Mm-hmm. I'm not in politics. I'm allowed to not have a calm day in politics because when I choose to be a part of the political arena, I go in to stir up stuff and then I leave. But that's we my thank role. You for that. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us that you leave in the room with the stink. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you love me. You know it. <laughs> I know. Um, but, you know, I do understand, you know, that being said, there are plenty of times when I go, well, and like OPI debate was on Tuesday. You How know, was that? It was actually, okay. I uh, didn't go. So you tell me all about it. I, I will. And let me finish the other thing. Yes. And then I will, you know, we, we, I, what Side I was going to say is I went to, uh, yeah, exactly. Derailed. Moving on. <laughs> 
um, I went to dinner afterwards with my mom and some of her friends. So mm. it was the Republican ladies, mm. you know, dinner. Ladies. Exactly. It was my mom and Linda Voy and uh, Judy Rolfe and Bridget Holland and uh-huh. a couple of other ladies. And I don't remember their names. Sorry, ladies. Um, you know, great ladies. Awesome people. On the other side of the political aisle for me. Mm-hmm. On a regular basis. Not on everything, but on most things. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so it's the Republican ladies and the ambassador from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we went and had dinner and we had a discussion. We had a great time and we were discussing, you know, who's who's winning, who's losing, how we see it going. And, you know, everybody's tired of the Tester and Reberg ads. Oh, um, and uh, they thought the debate went very well. I thought the debate went very well. I don't think there was a clear winner, particularly. Hmm. Um, mostly because I think Sandy came in and... Um, Oh, this is horrible to say because I, I like Denise and I think that she should be reelected because I, I think she's done a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Sandy would be a bad uh, leader for OPI. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with everything that she says, but she's intelligent <laughs> and she wants to make a difference. And the things that she wants to change are areas that do need to change. Mm-hmm. But there are areas that Denise is working on, too. And I think throwing out the experience that Denise oh. has, you know, when we could keep her for former years in that role is foolish, you know, so that's, that's really where I come down on it. But at the debate, I think that Sandy came in, um, with a couple of questions that are a couple of statements that Denise just wasn't ready for. And I don't think that, um, I don't know if Denise ever took debate, <laughs> hmm. you know, and, and that's not really a ding. I just think that, you know, some of the things that, you know, some of the body language that went on, I think that Sandy was more poised and Sandy, uh, started her answers a little bit better. Now, were her answers always better? No. There were a couple of times when Sandy went off the rails where it was like, really? What she just, that wasn't the question. Right. That's <laughs> what I heard is there were some times where you weren't really sure what she was talking about. Right. There were a couple of, there were a couple of times where it was like, hmm, hmm. maybe, <laughs> But overall, you know, from a, and I was talking to Marnie Banks about this. She was like, this is the best debate we've had all year. And I was like, really? And she goes, yeah, they went after each other. I'm like three times. Did they? Yeah. They specifically called out things that the other person was talking about that they disagreed with. Mm -hmm. And that was great. But I'm like, these are supposed to be like the Lincoln Douglas debates. And the Lincoln Douglas debates are named after the debates that Abraham Lincoln and whatever Douglas, whatever his name was, had. Mm -hmm. And at one of those, Douglas said, uh, referred to Abraham. Abraham Lincoln is two-faced and Lincoln immediately turned at him and said, if I was two-faced, do you think I'd be wearing this one? <laughs> but I'm bump. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it was in, and, and that leads to the discussion of what's really wrong in politics is that there's a bunch of stuff that happens in the back. It happens in back alleys, back offices, uh, back doors or backstabbing. And Tell because instead of people standing up and saying it to your face, mm-hmm. if you can't say it to someone's face, you don't get to say it. That's the new rule in politics. If you can't say <laughs> it to someone's face. If only that was the new rule, Kevin. I think it, it, I think it should be the new oh. rule in politics. It's not a matter of I would stif- live in that world. Yeah, it's not a matter of we're stifling your free speech. It's a matter of you have to say it to my face. Because right. if you, you want. If you can't say it to my face, you don't get to say it. Mm-hmm. You can think it all you want, but you, if you can't say it to my face, you don't get to say it. That should be the rule in politics. Mm-hmm. And and I think if there's more people who follow that rule, we'll have a much easier time this next session. Because there are a lot of times when I think horrible, horrible mean. things about people, I don't say them. And I don't need to say them in front of their face. I don't need to say them behind their back. Mm-hmm. I just don't say them. Mm-hmm. Now, there are plenty of times when I say horrible things about people, but I say it to their face. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and there's a reason for that. Right. They need to hear it. And creating more space for people just saying what they actually think and what they mean and what they believe. And giving as them... As opposed to the soundbite. Yeah, giving them time to elaborate. Because the soundbite doesn't help. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So I think I think the debate was interesting. I think they should have another. I think they should have another where each side gets to ask questions instead of a moderator. Mm. I think that would be more interesting. Or, or gets to make a statement, end it with a question of the other person. You know, I know that this is what I believe. This is what I've worked on. This is what I want to do. Da, da 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 And you've said this, which would destroy all those things. How could you do that? You know, that sort of stuff. I want that debate to happen. I it's think never that would be what awesome. it looks like. Well, that's because we have a bunch of, you know, we have a bunch of well, overly controlled I'm pretty controlled sure the Bullet Kill campaigns. debate was not at all like that. No, there was talking points. I, I, I went back and watched about a quarter of it, and it was so talking pointy, pointy talking, talking pointy. Well, and then they had the PBS thing on Tuesday for the congressional candidates. Mm-hmm. And I think they actually had the audacity to call that a debate. Yeah, it was a forum. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to ask you a question and have all of you answer it. And then we're going to ask the next question. And it was really bad. Yeah. That's not a debate. It was really boring. It was horrible. I mean, no offense, Ed O'Brien, if you're listening, because I actually worked with Ed on the question he asked about the Violence Against Women Act. Mm -hmm. And I was really glad they asked it, but um, it was... How were the answers? uh, I mean, uh, Kim Gillen gave a good response, considering the question. Um, Steve Daines... Uh, said he would support the House bill, which is not the version that I support. And he also talked a lot about how this is a family issue that has to be dealt with in the family, which I think I understand why some people go there, but the problem with domestic violence is that it's in the family. (laughs) So, and then the libertarian guy was like, I think we should leave these sorts of social issues up to the state. But I'm bump. (laughs) (laughs) so that was just my particular question but a lot of i mean it was just a not a dynamic conversation you know i am so and it's ironic i'm saying this because i have to speak at a candidate forum tonight but i am so (coughs) tired excuse me look at that i'm so tired of candidate forums like i'm so tired of people being asked a question and then they talk for a few minutes and then they move on to the next thing it's just so wait are you at the candidate forum tonight at the library um Probably. Is that the one? I'm at some healthcare thing. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm getting a lot of invitations to various forums and other sorts of briefings and blah, blah, blah. So there's lots of things going on over the next few weeks, and I'm having to be really kind of um, thoughtful about what I say yes to. This particular one is a um, collaboration of about 12 different healthcare organizations like lung association and all those sorts of, they call hmm. them the organ organizations, the organ or yeah. internals. So, um, I'm going to that this evening from six to eight. I'm not sure off the top of my head where it's at, but, uh, it'll be a candidate form where they like send you the questions ahead of time and you answer them and talk about your opinions on healthcare, which is fine. It's just, you know, Hmm. It's pretty, it gives see, people information, but you could learn that other ways. See, and I don't, I don't think it gives people information that they couldn't get on your website. It's exactly. like really and truly, if you're an interested voter, you should be going to everybody who's running his website. They all have them. Mm-hmm. Check out their Facebook page. Maybe follow them on Twitter. Well, and it's fine. It's also, it's this fair balance because somewhere in the middle is where I'd like to be able to answer the question. So yes, if you read my website, you know that I care about healthcare and blah, 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 but you don't necessarily get more than that. 
And then these forums, the people organizing the forums, send you these questions that are like intricate. They're nerding out on their particular issue <laughs> questions, right? And I get it because I work on an issue, and so if I had a candidate <coughs> forum, I'd be nerding out. Questions? Yeah, exactly. Jackie Cation, like, we're calling. What do you me. think about the state allocation of blah 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 blah? And they'd be like. I don't even know where to find that information, but it's me who knows it, right? Well, that's kind of how this healthcare thing and this other thing I went to a few weeks ago. So it's not like I can't answer the questions, but they're these really part A, B, C, D, E of a three-part question about healthcare. See, you know? okay, so here's what I think needs to happen. And this is something that, you know, your web developer kind of built for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he did or not. Um, I suspect he did, though. Every t- all of that stuff, they should be submitting questions to candidates left and right. And the candidates should answer them on their website. Put it in there, write up the answer, right. put it on their site so anybody can see it. So you have a series of specific questions and you tag them. And this we is did to those do with healthcare too, and budgets me. and da 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 da. See, and that's what's kind of annoying to me. And again, I'm complaining and I shouldn't be, but for the last six months, I've filled out questionnaires. So I have received a questionnaire from a, just a lot of organizations. Some of which I filled out, some of which I didn't. I got one from the American Tradition Partnership two days ago that I don't think I'm going to fill out. I think you should bring it on the show. <laughs> I will. Because I'll answer it. Oh, my God, it's great. I will. Remind me to bring it next week. Oh, yeah. The first question is, do you think that wolves should be sought on or shot on site, basically? It's great. I can't wait to bring it. Um, do, I, do you think wolves should be so- shot on, on site? site? No, because I don't <laughs> believe you should be hunting from your car. <laughs> so anyways, I've spent the last six months <laughs> filling out questionnaires, and now that phase is done, although I'm still getting some questionnaires. And now it's show up at the candidate forum and talk about whatever issue. Oh. Right? So Oof. not even oh. your answers, but it's just a whole other. There's all these layers of there's packs and there's – um, nonprofits who won't endorse you, but they'll have a candidate for them to talk about the issue. And it's really hard because all of that pulls you away from knock, knock. Hi, yes. my name is Kelson Young and I'm running for office because none of and those people like in my district are probably going to be at the forum. But I think the people who are at the forum really care about healthcare and I'm happy to tell them how much I do too and hope that they ask their friends to vote for me. Yes. So that's a lot of what goes on behind the scenes that I do think I wish it was more dynamic. Like, I wish somebody would put Liz and I in a room together and we would be discussing the issues. Well, we Because I'm that. not afraid could, of that. We could do that on Politics Boom, and she might oh, actually no. do that. I don't want to do that. Why? You just said you wish somebody <laughs> I, would. No, no, no. I wish that they would. I wish that that was part of the process. Oh, Like, oh. do I have time to worry about that over the next three weeks? No. Probably not. I would rather focus my energy on what I am doing. But the point is that if we're going to have all of this other stuff, like I, I am not afraid. I did take debate. I was raised by two people who were like debate champions in high school. You know, <laughs> I, was I was raised by raised, an attorney. I was raised by my mom who debates and my dad who just <laughs> right. argues. It's great. My dad literally like as a kid growing up, um, when I would get in trouble, I would have to prepare arguments. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Couldn't you just so, file a motion to continue? Right, exactly. If I got it's in trouble, bedtime. it was I like, filed a continuance. all right, all right, all right. You have to now figure out, you have to explain why you did what you did, why you shouldn't have done what you did and what you think your punishment should be and argue either side. I, and couldn't blah, you blah, just blah. file a continuance? I am not kidding that this is how it used to be presented to me. Granted, there was no formal paperwork. I didn't have to keep it on, you know, formal legal style paper, but... Oh. Oh, that's so it was, perfect. That was my life, like all growing up and my family, my mom's side of the 
family. We have a Democrat and a Republican, like, heads of our family. So my grandma is a Republican, mm-hmm. and my grandpa is a diehard Democrat, World War II vet, whatever. And every single holiday meal was spent around a table arguing, arguing politics. Right. And so I am not afraid to argue, <laughs> nor take on somebody with an opposing position. And I wish it was more dynamic. I, I'm I, sure it'll get like that once I'm a legislator, but it's just the campaigning is so, like you said, kind of robotic. Well, and it's one of the things that I've been trying to figure out with uh, where politics is going to go once the session is in right. place. Because it's going to be, I think it'll be a little bit harder to get people in to talk about, you know, why they're in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't necessarily think that's a valuable conversation at the point because they're in politics. I right. think it's more about talking about what are the what's bills happening. that they're saying and what's happening. Yeah. Um, but I really would like to get opposing, you know, and do more of the the show that I had when I had Dustin and um, Don right. Pagriba on. And I think I would go there. I'm just saying I don't want to have to worry about it over the next three weeks because right. that's not my right. focus. But I think we could – I think we all in the large we could figure out a way to do all of this a little bit more. Um, well, and, it, you know, if we're like talking – Authentically, right. right? And if we're talking and actually having a conversation – um, I think we'll actually get better solutions. You know, one of the things that people forget is that, you know, half the problem is, isn't that we don't know what we want. It's that we don't know how to get there. Right. You know, and if we talk about it, we can find that path. And I also think that like with certain, um, you know, there, I think a lot of us who are strong candidates who are doing this for certain reasons and have a lot of opinions and have a lot of passion for it, we want the opportunity to debate the other side, not because they don't have those same things, but because all this other money and all this, all this stuff that's just all the fluff of campaigning mm-hmm. has really nothing to do with that. Right. So you look at Pam Busey, for instance. Pam is working her butt off. She's very articulate. She knows what she wants. She knows what she thinks. She's out there working hard, and she may or may not win or whatever, but I know that she would probably love an opportunity to actually... Sit down and Go head to head with Tim Fox just because you oh, want yeah. the opportunity to be able to show people. Like, you know, I'm running against a candidate whose um, tagline is Liz listens. And secretly I'm like, but does she say anything? <laughs> <laughs> you might have to say that louder. I don't know that the mic picked you up. <laughs> no, I'm not sure if I want to. But the point is that. Liz I'm... listens, but does she say anything? <laughs> well, you know, and some so people don't. Like, right. But it's, but it's also like. Uh, I really feel like in order to represent the district, you have to be willing to say what you think, stand up for what you believe in, stand up for what's best. And, and, and maybe you don't have to be as vocal as I am, but I do think, um, I would hope people want an advocate. I I do. Right. I do. I might even move into your district. Right. Exactly. So anyways, so good deal. Politics. Uh, yeah. It, it is a little boring. What's coming up this week? Are you just out knocking the doors and waiting so for your So today I have a candidate forum. Yes, which we don't know where I it is. I can't wait. Otherwise, otherwise yeah. we'd tell you. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's at some of the... It's at one of the main locations in Helena, which would be the hospital education center or the mm. library. Mm. I'm guessing it's Fun. one of the two. This weekend, I'm on doors and phones. We have about a list of 300 people that we're calling to try to connect with that we haven't connected with for a while. So I'm spending a lot of time on the phone. Um, I need a headset. I have one right over there, actually. Yeah. Well, it's it's hard to like maneuver computer and phone and whatever. But yeah, and I think it'll actually plug right in and you can yeah. just call it a but day. But basically, I have no life other than campaigning for the next week. Although I will take one day off next weekend and go to Missoula for a little fun because it's my birthday and I think I deserve it. Probably a good plan. Yeah. 
That's about it. Nice. Yeah. How about you? Uh, ending the show, getting ready for more football, and um, yeah, that's about it. Here we go. It's October. It is October. It's time, you know, now it's okay for you to break out the Halloween stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some Christmas stuff the other day. Oh, About went ballistic. <laughs> Actually, but I, gotta, I do, I do have to tell you this. I love fall. On, uh, on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was the candidate forum night. I all of a sudden see a post from a friend of mine in Oregon, coincidentally, and he's like, it's only 90 days till Christmas. I'm driving to Oregon and I'm going to punch him. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him in 12 right. years. I'm going to punch Christmas him. Christmas is not that important. Come I'm on. like 90 days till Christmas. What the hell's wrong with you? Of course, that means it's 104 days until my birthday. Does he have a shopping addiction? No, he just really likes Christmas. But it's 104 days till my birthday. Well, all I can think about is the next 40 days. So, 40 days, 40 nights. It's like that story in it the is. Bible. It should start raining soon. See, that's why it's, it's got a 40 days can't be the worst thing ever. There wasn't there that movie with uh, Josh Hartnett where he didn't have sex for 40 days. I think it was called Maybe. 40 Days and 40 Nights or something like that. Maybe. He didn't know. make it. He didn't? I think I will make it. Is, is this like the masturbation episode of Seinfeld? <laughs> I don't know. Anywho. Oh. <laughs> so we'll see what's happening next week. I like fall. I'm trying to enjoy it while I'm out have you about. seen the, Have you seen the one uh, tree on Broadway that just decided it was fall like a week ago and went red? I didn't yet. When I you dr- drive back, when you drive back, go down yeah. Broadway because and there's a couple of trees around it now, but it's the one tree that just went. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> Red. <laughs> it's really pretty. It's really pretty everywhere. Like I drove to Missoula what, last Saturday, and it's really nice. Yes, Montana looks beautiful this time of year. I'm a little worried that you know, like on Sunday, Saturday, we'll get snow or something. I know. <laughs> Well, and this is when you start feeling Ah. the pressure to make sure you've done everything in your yard that you need to, just in case you wake up the next morning and your barbecue is covered in snow. Snow. It'll be delightful. Basically. So that's about it. All right. Well, everyone, this has been another wonderful episode of This Ends Well. Hopefully we're not boring. Are we boring? I don't think so. I think this was one of our... um, Less energetic shows, but that's because we're both we're so tired. tired. Hopefully, we'll it have was a still opinionated. We are <laughs> like we'll ever be unopinionated. Right. Um, I did talk to Jamie yesterday on politics. I want to hear about it. Um, well, the episode will be up. Um, I maybe I'll send you and Jamie links so you can get to it early. Um, but it's uh, exciting. It is. It is. And I. What asked were the him, top three topics? Um, why he's in politics, obviously, because uh-huh. that is the top topic topic on the show. Um, the LGBT community and the rights, the, the fight for equality, and what would be the third? And that the second one's kind of an umbrella; it covers everything. Um, White House. Uh, oh, his socks! <laughs> yes, his socks in the Washington D.C. trip. <laughs> Um, well, I can't wait. It'll be a good show. It was. Um, but I asked him if he would be willing to come on this show, and he uh-huh. said he would. Great. So we'll have to have him on sometime. Friend this of the show, well. Jamie Greer. Nice. And, uh, yeah. All I right. think that's it. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.